if you got a, a talk that's just really hitting uh, all the right notes and is you know getting attention, you may want to copyright that to prevent your competitors and others from using the content of your talk without attribution to you. Nobody likes a plagiarizer. So how do you prove they're a plagiarizer? Plagiarizer, register your, your video. Welcome to the Christian CEO podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Hi there. Are you one of the Christian entrepreneurs, kingdom leaders that you are considering trademark or copyright any intellectual property of your business or remotely thought of it? Well, if you are, then this episode is for you. In this episode, I have invited one of my good friends and an expert in this area. His name is Stephen Thresher. And in this episode, I asked him some frequent asked questions for us coaches and consultants and or expert based business. Okay. So such as what is difference between trademark, copyright and IP and what kind of assets we should consider to copyright or trademark and what will be the proper process to do so. Are you interested? Well, it's all coming up for you in this episode. Before we go further, let me introduce you who is Stephen. Now, he is an intellectual property attorney, consultant, who is on a mission to secure IP for coaches, consultants, and online business owners while protecting us from live-draining lawsuits. In the humor side, he does this while investigating patio ruins in the Middle East, mountain climbing on remote continents and creating business of his own. His key mission is to help our online business grow without worrying about cease and desist orders. You know, or clients borrow your ideas or plagiarizers who try to cash in on your hard work. Now, let's dive in. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Well, uh, this is a very, very important subject, and I'm so excited I finally have an expert friend that you can talk about this. Um, but before we dive in to all the goodies from your expertise, uh, we would like to know a little bit about your personal journey. Uh, I don't think you were born as attorney, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so how, you know, uh, did you arrive today and, um, just, you know, it's always interesting to know, uh, the personal journey, especially a lawyer. So just uh, please share with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, everybody has their journey, right? So back in. Uh, my pre-law days, uh, I was working in St. Louis, and I saw my career as being that of an engineer uh, in the aircraft industry. And there were a couple of guys that went to the church I went to at the time, of all things, who were patent attorneys. At the time, I really did not like attorneys at all. 
Um, my my parents went through a divorce. I had had friends who had uh, gone through bankruptcies. To me, the law was confusing and intimidating. And with the law school, I I did what attorneys call big law. I worked at a big law firm uh, for a few years here in Dallas, Texas. Um, and then I started my own practice. I had a practice that was active uh, with employees and contractors uh, until about 10 years ago when I got hit by a car and I took a hiatus, um, just was really incapable of doing serious attorney work. And that lasted about three years. And when I started going back to being a lawyer again uh, as you know, my full-time thing, what I used to do to recruit clients didn't work any longer. I, I used to use yellow page ads. I used to do television appearances and radio. And I, I did what used to work and it was just crickets, nobody coming. Um, so shortly after that, I, I ran into a couple of guys you've heard of, Ray Edwards and Mike Kim, and started listening and applying some of the principles they teach into my own business. It didn't happen overnight, but over time, uh, started getting traction, client calls started coming back in. And uh, literally this past year was the best year I've had in business since before uh, being hit by that car. So I, I kind of have a twofold purpose uh, in the community that, that we speak to. Uh, one is to help entrepreneurs like yourself and like your, your listeners um, understand intellectual property, speak about it with you in plain English. So it's not this some mystical, crazy thing that is so intimidating. Uh, and at the same time, I do help attorneys with their own marketing and client recruitment. Um, so th that's really the, the two legs of my business uh, now. And, and so that's where I am on my personal journey. That's awesome. And uh, just curious to know, though, that, uh, you know, before you you were a lawyer, it's, is there any specific reason to make you decide to say, you know, I want to become one? Oh, it, that, that's a really interesting question. So but, uh, I, I never really thought I would go to law school until I met these two guys who are patent attorneys who are just great guys. And they through them, I saw that patent attorneys really is, assist in bringing innovations and, and new products to the world. And that attracted me as a technical guy and as uh, an inventor myself. I actually have my own patents. Uh, so I thought that that's a career path that could work, uh, especially with the cutbacks that were going in the aircraft industry back then. So, so I, I took the jump, went to law school, um, and that's how I ended up on the law path. So, Stephen, so I think that is a very interesting journey. You know, I guess uh, when you say that you did not like attorney, I guess probably a lot of us can relate to that one way or the other. But I'm so glad you become one, right? Because I hired Stephen to do my own trademark. So just you guys know, that's how much I trust him. And therefore, I want to ask the question that one of the most frequent asked questions from my own clients. And the question is, so since most of you guys that you are coaches, consultants, or you are expert-based business owner, meaning whatever you created from your knowledge base, right, from your experience, so forth, 
is your intellectual property. Then the question come is now for us as outsider that we are not expert of the law. So we were like, okay, we see trademark, we see copyright, we see IP. So what is the difference among these three? So Stephen, yes. can you tell us about that? So intellectual property broadly is a category of stuff. It includes things that you come up with, the creations of your mind. The and it includes trademarks, brands, copyrights, which are artistic creations. It includes trade secrets such as your customer list uh, and some of your special relationships, probably some of the contracts that you use. It includes design rights, like the, the layout of your website, among other things. And so broadly, intellectual property is all of this stuff. Uh, you can't really fill out a registration and apply for intellectual property per se. It's got to be in one of these other categories. Uh, as we just kind of briefly alluded to, uh, trademarks protect brands. Th these are names, slogans, logos uh, that identify the product, the service, or the company, uh, the, the, the things you provide. Uh, copyrights protect artistic creations. Those artistic creations could be a book, could be um, images, could be photographs, videos, um, presentations, uh, the, the, the talks that you do. Uh, also, your website, the, the look and feel of it, uh, and in particular, the images in it also can be copyright registered. Um, so copyright protects all these artistic creations. Design rights uh, apply to broader um, aspects of your personal branding. And, and I wanna get into those later, but let, let's get through uh, some of the more basic forms of intellectual property first. By the way, trade secrets are going to be the things that uh, are genuinely secret that are important to your business to give it value your customer list uh, maybe your supplier list maybe the uh, knowledge of the uh, marketing uh, numbers that you get uh, so you can reach your customers better than your competition uh, depending on your business of course that, that could be really important uh, one of the things by the way i like about online marketing is that it it, it creates lots of relationships and so there's all these opportunities of of co-marketing well, those relationships and, and how you manage them and use them are also trade secret type intellectual property. Whether you choose to uh, go through the process of capturing it as your own, it, you know, that just depends on the nature of your own business. Okay. So now I'm sure that, you know, uh, people who are watching or listening, now the next question comes say, well, so Stephen, what kind of assets you know, uh, meaning, you know, intellectual property under the, all the stuff we have. Uh, what shall we consider to copyright or trademark? So, for example, maybe we put in the context of if they are coaches and consultants. Generally speaking, the coaches and consultants, they have their own coaching program, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they have the, uh, they have their logo of their website or the logo of the program. Mm -hmm. And also the program itself. The program itself can be some uh with a structured curriculum and plus some, you know, they probably have some uh live call calls, either groups in the group section or in the one-on-one -on -one section. So can we talk about in this context, 
in, in, this, in this context, what shall we consider uh, for copyright or trademark? Sure. So the things you might want to register as a trademark in your business would be the name of your program, um, the name of, uh, say, the framework that you use to, to train people, uh, the logo that you use, and logos, of course, uh, the uh, slogans uh, that really set you apart. Uh, these are things that identify you, identify your, your program, identify your business. Those are the things you should consider for trademark registration. Of course, when you're a small business, uh, the budget doesn't really lend itself to just filing lots of trademarks. Uh, interestingly, if you look up, say, PayPal, you, you think just two simple words, but PayPal is a big corporation, has dozens and dozens of trademark registrations on the words PayPal in different fonts, in different color schemes, as logos, as slogans. You know, it, it, it's very interesting how a large company with a large budget does it. But for us as you know, smaller entrepreneurs, smaller businesses, uh, the, the trick is to be strategic about what you choose to protect and what you choose to register. Uh, a good way to, to think about it is that at a very minimum, uh, you would want to register the name that you put forward as your, your business. And that, that should be something that would um, be a no-brainer, if you will, for filing for a trademark registration. On the copyright side, it's a little bit more broad. Um, copyrights, because they apply to video, because they apply to written materials, um, and even public speaking events, um, you need to be strategic about selecting the things that really set you apart and make you money um, and are likely to be copied. So the website registration is a good starting point for any entrepreneur. A second thing to look at is the structure and the materials that you hand out to your, your customers, your clients, uh, to train them. So if you're a coach, you probably have a coaching methodology and you're either licensing it from a coaching program or it's something you came up with on your own. Now, if it's something you came up with on your own, then you may be able to file for copyright registrations on that material. Let's say that you're an author. Um, so you have, of course, a copyright opportunity on the book you've written as text. You might also be able to get a copyright on the images in the book. So for example, Mike Kim is a client uh, and we were able to register a copyright on the images in his book, uh, as well as the book itself independently from that. And so when you select, oh, by the way, I, I mentioned videos a moment ago. If you got a, a talk that's just really hitting uh, all the right notes and is you know, getting attention, you may want to copyright that to prevent your competitors and others from using the content of your talk without attribution to you. Nobody likes a plagiarizer. So how do you prove they're a plagiarizer? Plagiarizer, register your, your video. And so when you do these things together, the, the trademarks and the copyrights, that's how you create this broader form of protection uh, called design rights. It's a way of thinking of, of creating a, a brand identity around your business so that when people uh, go to a website, see a material, 
uh, see a banner at a, a speaking event or a marketing event, they instantly know, hey, that that's you. Okay. I mean, thank you so much for the the reply. I think now I think people have a whole lot more clearer idea uh, in this area. So so maybe we give an example. I think uh, uh, that's a Nike, right? It's a big brand, right? So everybody know it. So uh, when you mentioned about the copyright, uh, even a slogan, so for Nike would be just do it, right? So that probably is, you know, they probably copyright that just do it, but they also trademark the the logo, right? Like a swoosh logo, that one. So there, I just want to give a very uh, simple example. So then when people are listening, they probably understand. So uh, if you have a coaching program after you know already, you know, because uh, I know a lot of uh, uh, audience are listening to this and my clients as well, while they are still in the testing uh, period of time. And that brings to the next question is, so I got asked all the time. So Kelly, when is the best time to consider to trademark uh, my logo, uh, my uh, program and uh, what, what to put to consideration, especially if the program is new and they still need to go on the market to test it. So what would be your answer? One example of a business that uses trademarks well is Nike. We're familiar with the Nike Swoosh. Uh, that is a registered trademark. Interestingly, as an image, it is also a registered copyright. So it's both. It's not merely one or the other. Um, in addition, Nike has a slogan, just do it. They have some other slogans too. That slogan is trademarked because it identifies the brand. It identifies Nike. Uh, there's actually a rule in the copyright office that prevents slogans from being copyrighted. So slogans are purely in the realm of trademark. And so that that's one way to to think about it. Uh, and then other brands, people are just, you know, instantly familiar with McDonald's, the Golden Arches, the Golden Arches registered logo mark, McDonald's hamburgers registered trademark. Um, the uh, same thing would say Coca-Cola, even the font mm. of Coca-Cola is registered, uh, registered. Interestingly, the shape of the bottle uh, of Coca-Cola, the, the classic, uh, feminine shape of, of that Coca-Cola bottle is a registered trade dress through the trademark office. So if anybody listening has a, uh, a three-dimensional object that um, is unique to your business, we, we can discuss how to protect it through registered trade dress protection. So these are a couple of simple examples. So another issue that comes up is when should you uh, file for a trademark, when should you file for a copyright? Well, when it comes to answer that question, we, we got to deal with them differently. So trademarks fundamentally aren't about what you as the entrepreneur register from the point of view of the government, no matter what country you're in. The government views a trademark right as a right that you are holding in stewardship for your customers and for the public at large, so that they don't get confused about where the thing comes from. So it's, it's much less than, it's much less than an incentive for the actual creation 
and it's something that the government grants to you to prevent consumer confusion. And if you start with that frame of reference in your mind, it will make understanding trademarks much easier. So when should you register a trademark? Well, there's in this world, there's really two kinds of people that give me a call. There are planners and then there are procrastinators. The, the planners are, are folks who they're going to launch that program next year or next month. The procrastinators are the people who just got the cease and desist letter from you know, some organization that owns a similar mark in the world of trademark law. So for if you're a planner, the mistake you may make is actually applying for a registration for a mark before you're you're settled on it. You know, if you're thinking about changing the name of your program, if you're not sure you can use it, if you haven't done a trademark search yet, then it's probably not time to file for an application for registration. Now, it's important also to know that there are two kinds of trademark applications. There's a trademark application for marks that you intend to use called a reservation application. And then there's a trademark application for products that you've already named and for marks that you are using. So you're really looking at two separate paths. The trademark office does not like people squatting on name slogans and logos. So it, it, in my experience, is more difficult to get a mark registered if you are merely intending to use it particularly if you're a small business. If you're actually using the mark in commerce and, and let's say it's the name of your podcast and you have a you know 20,000 listeners for every episode. Well, now you have marketplace presence and it is considerably easier to get a trademark registered for a product service logo that's actually being used. Now, there's a lot of other rules that go into trademark registration, but in terms of when should you apply for that trademark registration, when you have certainty about what you're going to use as a name, slogan, or logo is the earliest. If you're actually using it, you may be a little bit too late in some respects, but in both cases, you start with a trademark search, so you'll be certain about what's available and your likelihood of getting a registration approved. Copyrights are different. Copyrights are incentives that the government provides authors, creators of works to just do creation. And so with a copyright, the government wants you to register that copyright as soon as possible, because the sooner you register it, the more likely the information you share with the government's true. And by registering it quickly, it discourages plagiarizers from copying your content. So when you create something, you have three months from the first publication to file for your registration to maximize the rights you get under copyright law. If you wait longer than three months, by the way, this is law in the United States and in other countries, it's going to be different. If you wait more than three months, then the rights that you get through that registration diminish over time. Mm. And if you wait longer than five years, the only right you get by registering a copyright is the right to sue somewhat, sue somebody to try to enforce that right. So okay. that, that's a really good to know. Mm. So so basically uh trademark, you know, just that what Steven say, 
you can probably uh, you know really consider look at what you you know your slogan your you know your logo and all that uh and whatever name that you think you are uh, you really want to you know make sure that only you can use it uh but when it comes to copyright now you know you know you really have a timing uh, a more strict timing issue so Stephen, the last question will be if in the general speaking uh what would be the some major steps you know when people when the coaching consultants they say okay i want to start the process uh what are some i know they are you know, in between are some small steps uh, here and there, but if we tell them, say, uh, you know, the more high level, like, you know, what are the major steps? Um, either they do themselves or which I don't, I don't suggest these people. <laughs> you know, you need to, as entrepreneur, you really need to, uh, put your energy and mental bandwidth in the right place. Okay. So, uh, so Stephen, can you tell us like, uh, you know, what we, Again, just generally speaking, in this context, what are some major steps we can expect when we want to uh, apply for a trademark? Yeah, you, you bring up a great point. Don't confuse a Google search with 25 years of legal experience, right? So uh, number one is you have to identify what you have. You, 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 and what by that, I mean discreetly. You, you need probably professionalized to look and say, this is a trademark. This is a copyright. This is both. Here's your framework. Hey, you have an opportunity to protect your framework if you do these things. And with that, you can develop a plan for one, making sure you don't get sued because you're misusing something that somebody else has already registered and claims a right to. And then number two, is it something that you can secure as your own intellectual property? And so let, let me hit that real quick because um, I call these bucket one and bucket two questions. Most people think in terms of, most entrepreneurs think in terms of, can I own this as an asset? I call that a bucket two question because it passes what really are the, I think the most fundamental threshold question, which is, can I use it anyway without being sued? That's bucket one. So. Can I use it? Well, that requires searches and, and trademark searches in particular. Interestingly, you don't do copyright searches, but there's a way to manage copyrights. And we, we can talk about that in, in what's called an intellectual property ledger in a little bit. On the uh, bucket two side is once you've determined, hey, I can use this name, I can use this slogan, I can use this logo, then you can start considering uh, what's the right thing to register, both as a trademark and as a copyright. And because you're not PayPal, I'm not PayPal. Um, we don't have the budget to go file. I think it was 62 the last time I looked up, 62 trademark registrations on a simple word. You know, you gotta be strategic and you gotta be smart about how you spend your money on that stuff. With copyrights, you also wanna be strategic, but if, if you deploy your time and resources effectively and uh, with strategic intent, you can capture the fundamentals of what you're doing and prevent uh, people from plagiarizing your ideas. Um, and oh boy, I, you know, I can't talk about a lot of stories because I'm an attorney and covered by attorney client privilege, but my, my phone calls every week are filled up with people who had had a product, had a coaching program, 
And then somebody they're coaching went out and registered a trademark on the name of their coaching program because they wanted to use it too. Uh, this is a common scenario, unfortunately. And, and to keep that from happening to you, you got to take action. Yeah. And I, that's why guys, this is, this is very important. I know, you know, today is one of those, these rare episodes. Uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's, um, it's not, I know people when they thought of law is like, oh, it's a boring stuff. You know, because entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, normally, you know, we are creative. We like to talk about fun thing. We like to talk about the marketing stuff. We like to talk about, you know, other creative ideas, but the business side of thing, right? Administration side of thing. Yet we also need to, uh, pay a whole lot more attention, especially if your business is growing, you want to scale up your business. Uh, otherwise, all your hard work can be done onto the drain, you know? And that's why I feel led to really uh, invite Stephen to talk about this. Um, I mean, we can sit another three hours, talk to him about the whole thing, but th- the problem is that we won't do that and we cannot do that. Uh, but Stephen, uh, can you tell us that I think, first of all, where we can find you, we will surely put your link uh, in the show note everywhere. But can you also tell us verbally that where we can find you if the audience want to, um, you know, consult with you what they should be doing? And I will highly suggest you guys should do, should do so. He also have a coming book coming, uh, right? You have a book coming up. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you. In the new year. And, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, what is that book about? So to, to address the first part of the question, um, your listeners can go to, thrashlaw.com that's t-h-r-a-s-h-l-a-w.com forward slash would you believe kelly botter (laughs) and and that will uh, take them to a page where uh, they can access uh, some bonus material uh, the seven deadly sins that uh, small business owners make uh, as well as an intellectual property ledger and some other materials that that I have selected for your audience. Um, The second part of your question was, we'll tell you a little bit about the book. Uh, Trademarks Made Simple is the first in a series of books about intellectual property that are designed to translate, if you will, uh, the legal world of intellectual property trademarks for this book uh, into human speak. So you as an entrepreneur will understand each step of the process. Uh, and and as you, you may be familiar with the Dunning-Kruger effect, uh, knowing a little bit of information will make you feel like an expert, but then the more you know about it, the more you realize you don't know about it. Uh, trademarks definitely have this effect on people. People will come to my office and they'll think after reading a blog or two that they, they got it all. And um, e- even attorneys I've trained uh, have this same effect. Um, the uh, effect for the attorney, I, I actually call it the oh no moment. It, it's when the attorney realizes they've been paid a salary for about six months and they don't really know anything about what they're doing. Um, but that, that's part of the training process. Anyway, with trademarks, um, there tends to be this moment when a business owner or somebody, somebody else pursuing a trademark uh, just realizes, hey, this is overwhelming and a lot more expensive and complicated than I thought. Why? And this is a book that uses plain speak language. Uh, and I'll give you an example. 
um, in the uh, patent office and in the trademark office, there's something called final rejections. And you hear that word and you think, oh, it's over. Well, no, you actually can respond to it. And there are all kinds of things you can do. Um, and so part of what I do is I, I take these really scary sounding words from the trademark office and I convert them into what they really mean in the real world. Okay, guys, can you just tell, go to grab a book? <laughs> you know, that, that's a way because when I first time uh, apply for something else, not the current one, the trademark. And yeah, I got that final rejection. And I was like, okay, that means no hope anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's just a whole lot of things, you know, when we are not experts, we just don't know. Uh, so when is the book going to come out, Stephen? Well, I, it's going to be self-published. Yeah. Uh, and I'm anticipating a, a publication date a, a, a couple of months from the date of this podcast. So we're, we're looking... February, March timeframe. Yeah. So, so don't worry, guys. Yeah. No matter when you listen to this podcast and when his book come out, we will put that link, the link of the book back to the show note. So you guys always can, can, uh, can, can grab the link to get it. Uh, and I'll, I'll put it in the link. Uh, so if they go to the website, thrashlaw.com, yeah. Billy Batter, boom, it'll be. Yeah. Here we go. Right there. Yeah. All that. Okay. So guys. It's time to level up your business, which means we need to think about all these kind of things. So, Stephen, I cannot thank you enough for today uh, that we can, you know, uh, know a little bit more. Obviously, a whole lot more we need to know. Uh, thank you for coming up for um, to share your expertise with us. Um, I mean, you have a lot of value to me personally and also my audience. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and, and just connecting uh, with your audience. It, it, it's, it's awesome. Thank you. How did you enjoy the episode? I hope that you have taken a lot of notes. But really, I would suggest you, you know, reach out either Stephen or any other IP attorney you trust to get this story out for your business. It is a really important stuff. By the way, this episode is sponsored by Power of One Framework. You have been growing your coaching or service-based business for a while. Your revenue is growing, but you know it's time to level up your messaging and revenue to the six-figure level and beyond. More importantly, you have a heart to make a difference in your industry, steward a specific message God has given to you. Then I'd like to invite you to join us. Power One Framework is a Christ Center result-driven and high-accountability hybrid coaching program for kingdom-driven expert coaches and consultants who are ready to take your business to the six-figure level and beyond in the next 10 months with a 3,000-plus flagship offer. How we have helped our clients to achieve the result is by aligning with your God-given identity and in-season assignments. You're validating and mastering to articulate your program value, establishing your preeminent positioning, and launching your flagship offer with strategic organic content. To receive your complimentary business assessment to see where the gap between where you are now to where you want to achieve and learn more about the framework, just visit powerofoneframework.com 
forward slash benchmark. Again, it's a power of one framework.com forward slash benchmark. I will see you in the next episode. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment? Just drop a review on Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.